hello. And if you're back, well, I thank you for coming back to my Speak Easy, the podcast with Chosen Eyes. Thanks for swinging back, you all. Thanks for hanging in there with me with my first episode. Now we're off to episode number two. We're rolling. I appreciate you all for being here with me. I'm Chosen Eyes. Pleasant to me. Pleasure to meet all of you who have not met me yet. Um, I'm a native daughter of St. Louis, Missouri, who does dope shit this side of the multiverse. <laughs> Located currently in Austin, Texas, I am a psychic medium by profession and a doctor of acupuncture and oriental medicine by credential. So let's get into it. Episode two, magnification or magnify, right? That's today's topic. We're going to get into that a little bit later with our special guest, a good friend of mine, Nikki the Jukebox. For anybody who follows her on social media, you know she is hilarious. She is an amazing songstress and just a treat and a joy to have around, especially been a privilege to have her in my life. She's helped contribute to so many levels of my personal growth, and I definitely felt like it was time to share her with all of you. But in the words of my amazing producer, uh, let's take care of some house cleaning. So by all means, like, support, subscribe, all the things to all things Chosen Eyes at ChosenEyes.com. Chosen Eyes, the number nine on Instagram and Twitter. Chosen Eyes on Facebook. And you can definitely find aspects of this podcast on my Patreon, patreon.com slash chosen eyes, as well as on my website. Well, that part is coming. Give me a minute. I'm a one woman show over here. So by all means, support, support, support. There are opportunities for you to support the podcast uh, monetarily on the Patreon. And well, there will be also an opportunity to do so on my website. So I'm excited to mention that. Um, because I want to be able to continue to do this and, well, giving a quality production takes a little bit of ducats. So support a woman. (laughs) So I want to make this very clear again. This is a safe space. This is a refuge for all oddballs who are seeking some type of solace from a world that asks all of us to operate in a space counter to the cultivation of what our soul is truly trying to manifest. This is a judgment-free zone. And yes, there are few dumb questions. I wanted to put there are no dumb questions, but life throws you curveballs and I don't want to be caught off guard. So keep that in mind. Also, have to read a brief disclaimer because, well, my lawyer will kill me if I don't. While I will provide some forms of spiritual wellness and yes, maybe even a sprinkle of mental health tips here and there, This is not a substitute for therapy with a licensed mental health professional, nor is it intended to treat and or diagnose any specific ailment. Please consult your primary care practitioner as well as seeking treatment from a licensed mental health professional. In other words, I ain't your doctor. I ain't your therapist. Don't bring me that shit. But I do happen to know people near and far and i'm happy to be a resource and a link and a bridge to get you the resources that you need in your area so please 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 never be afraid to reach out to me on my website or chosen eyes at chosen eyes.com okay just make sure to put in the actual subject of the email searching for resources or something along those lines so i know that that's the nature of the actual email so that being said Let's go into our verbal spritzer. We're going to talk about laughter. And when was your last dose? Now, before we actually dip into it, let's take a quick five, ten second break and just marinate on that question. When was the last time you had some laughter in your life? Be right back after this musical break. All right, and we're back. So, when was the last time you had a good chuckle? Last time you laughed at something? Hell, maybe even laughed at yourself. I laugh at myself daily. I'm a parent. That's how I get through the day. It's either me, like, cry in the corner because I think I'm fucking my kid up, or I laugh about it and just say, damn, that's so me. (laughs) If you're a parent and you can relate, please let me know that I'm not alone in that. But it's either you laugh about it or you go batty. 
or my inner perfectionist or excuse me, my therapist would have my head for that one. My recovering perfectionist (laughs) has to laugh at mistakes or small quirks that drive me crazy about myself when it comes to any type of a process. Because if I don't laugh about it, I'll probably rip my hair out or start throwing pillows or, you know, having an all out 39 year old meltdown because it wasn't just right. So I try to laugh to keep from annihilating everything around me. If you can relate to that, well, then maybe we need to hook up. But a few fun facts about laughter, because, well, you know, I do have that degree in medicine and I like to look at facts. Laughter actually has been proven to stimulate many of the organ systems within our bodies. Namely because laughter enhances the amount of oxygen-rich air that you bring into your body. Think about it. You laugh extremely hard, and what do you do? At some point, you're taking a very deep inhalation within your lungs, deep into the diaphragm, deep into that belly, right? The bigger the laugh, the bigger the roar, the more air you are taking in. Well, that makes your brain happy. And guess what? It makes the rest of you happy too because it increases these things called endorphins. Same things you can actually release when you're exercising or eating some really good food. And that gets released by your brain throughout the rest of your body. It stimulates your heart, your lungs, your muscles. It activates and releases the the stress response within your body, especially when you're actually like rolling on the floor laughing your ass off, that's a really good laugh. So anything that's going to help soothe tensions and make sure that you've got more oxygen in your body, I mean, why would that be a bad thing? And think about it. Why is oxygen even important, right? I mean, clearly, if you didn't have it, you'd go kersplat somewhere, everywhere, nowhere. It's the multiverse. There's an op- you know, there's opportunity for everything here. But oxygen is pretty important. And the more oxygen that we have, it actually helps with making sure that we are able to think clearly. So it helps to alleviate brain fog. The more oxygen that we have, especially going to heart and lungs, that means that we're actually able to get our cardiovascular systems to work and function properly. And something that most people don't think about, oxygen is very important when it comes to digestion. Not only of emotions, but also, well, your food. Did you know that a good portion of your body's blood supply actually goes to your stomach and your inter- your intestinal tract whenever you're breaking down food? Yeah. Huge reason why Thanksgiving Day, a lot of people get the itis. Your blood sugar spikes up. You got all this blood flow shunting to this one area in order to break all this stuff down. Well, the more oxygen that you have going to your brain keeps you a little bit more alert, keeps you a bit happier. And, well, you won't be found drooling next to your cousin on the couch during a football game during um, Thanksgiving. You know, that holiday. We'll talk about that later. But I hope that resonates a little bit with you and encourages you to find that, well, laughter is medicine. And that maybe you need to get yours in. I know during this episode, I definitely got my laughter in. Totally. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you my beautiful friend, Nikki, the jukebox. So here's a little bit about her. Nikki is a native of New Jersey. She's an alum of Berklee School of Music. Currently residing in Atlanta, Georgia. She is an amazing singer, songwriter, vocal coach, vocal arranger, sound engineer, producer, And just all things dope. You may catch her in a few commercials with uh, a certain Spice King located in Florida. Shout outs to the Spice King. And if you need a jingle, she's your woman. So without further ado, here's my beautiful friend, Nikki the Jukebox. So here's the deal. (laughs) We're here with one of my longest standing friends. Go back to what? 96, 97? Somewhere before there. 2000. Definitely before, before 2000. Yeah, yeah. So we we're talking back. at least 22 years. 
I think we're at 25, fam, but you're about right. Yeah, 20 plus years. <laughs> Definitely plus years. Um, mid-teens. Definitely. Mid-teens when we met. Yeah, 15. We were 15. It was freshman year of high school. I remember that. But she is an right. We'll get into that. My beautiful friend here is an alumnus of Berkeley College of Music. She is saying for some of the top songstresses that we've known, such as Chaka Khan, Anita Baker, Gladys Knight, all of which loved her voice, might I add, came to her and gave her standing ovations and and begged her to keep singing. Okay. Also same for Stevie Wonder. Not mm-hmm. an easy critic. She's performed <laughs> and she has performed and won at the Apollo Theater in 1993. She's a beautiful songstress, songwriter, producer, vocal arranger, vocal coach. I'm gonna plug this <laughs> one because she low-key coached somebody that was on the on the voice not too long ago. Um mm-hmm. I'm just gonna put that out there. Mm-hmm. recording engineer and if i may throw this in there is doing some pretty dope work with uh a nationally distributed um spice company located <laughs> based out of florida it's gonna put that plug out there but she is a beautiful um, person she is definitely my coach and my friend and one of my fires under my ass i love her <laughs> human beings of the world Meet my friend, Nikki the Jukebox. (sighs) (laughs) Danny's fine on stage. Okay, so. (laughs) Hi, my friend. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Wow. And if y'all are wondering, I have been this silly as long as you know me. So (laughs) this is nothing. (laughs) Um. What you're about to witness is true friendship in all of its forms. Um, and I'm still not ready. <laughs> she said, and I'm still not ready. That is funny. Uh, <laughs> how are you, my friend? How's it going? I'm, I'm doing wonderful. I was looking forward to this interview today. Aw, I was looking forward to this too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How long you've been singing, doing all the things? <sighs> all right. So um, I was born in New Jersey, Passaic, New Jersey, in fact. Uh, I moved to Georgia first in 88 with my family. And then we stayed for a couple of years, moved back to Jersey in 1990, 95. We moved back to Georgia, ain't left yet. So um when I talk to natives of Georgia, they'd say, um, you're a Georgia peach. And I'm like, okay. Cause I tell them how long I've been here. They're like, uh-uh, you ain't, you ain't just no transplant. You've been here. You are Georgia. You from Georgia. I'm like, okay. As long as you say it. Right. You Grady babies say it. I'm cool. I'm cool. Whatever. Grady babies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was an old rap group by that name. I remember that. You yeah. remember that? I remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> so when the Grady babies say that you're from Georgia, yeah. you're from Georgia. Okay. So um, I started singing in New Jersey, though. Uh, started out singing in like the, the talent show at my elementary school. And then my parents found out that I had something. So they got with the vocal coach that they went to school with. And then I was just entering competitions and surprisingly winning every single one of them. It wasn't one that I lost. Hmm. And then my, you know, my mother thought that um, we kind of outgrew the music scene in New Jersey. And then of course the, she didn't feel like it was really nothing there that could help benefit me in my career. So she moved us to Georgia. And um, from there, I was just, I was still, you know, doing competitions, but not as much. It was a wider scene, music scene. So it was an easier to win competitions. And so I, the first competition I won, the second one I lost, got second place. And then, you know, if you, you know the saying, if you can't beat them, join them. The person that ended up winning became my first producer. <laughs> nice. How to go with the winning team, right? Can we and plug this person? Is this play, person? Of plug course. Uh, I spoke to him yesterday on the phone. We talked for almost an hour. Uh, uh, his name is C-I-U. That's his name. 
And um, he's like a, he's been my big brother since I was 12 years old and been in my life ever since. He at one time became my music partner uh, and mentored me and helped basically cultivate me being one of the people who helped cultivate me into who I am today. So those are types of relationships that you never burn. Mm. You always keep them there, whether you work with them or not. Just keep that relationship because you always learn from your teachers. You never, you know, and then in the end, that that teacher sometimes learns from you. And that's how our relationship was. And every time I talk to them, it's always something that like rejuvenates and inspires the both of us. So, yeah, big brother's always around. CI is always around. CIU. Um, and then from there, from there, CI introduced me to, uh, an engineer at the world famous patchwork studios in Atlanta. Patchworks, AKA yeah. our hangout. Shout out, to, hangout. shout out to Jarvis and Cal. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I met Jarvis and Jarvis, um, saw something in me and my mom was paying like $500 an hour to have me record something at patchwork. But Jarvis saw something in me and he was like, no, I want her. I want to take her to my home studio and I want to help build her. So this is what I call favor because I've never since then had to pay for studio time. Mm, that's a you know, my mom, no yeah, that's a very long time. My, my mom made sure she paid, you know, she, she was really good at administrative work. So mm-hmm. she helped keep the engine running for Jarvis's business, which, uh, Cal also was a part of. So she did her part in keeping that alive in exchange for them helping build me up as an artist because I was a live performing artist at a young age. So they had to turn me into a studio artist. <laughs> but I'm jumping the gun. I got started into singing just because I wanted to sing in a school competition, a school talent show. And it was just like, oh, well, I just want to do it. Nobody forced me to do it. And then we found out it was something I was pretty good at. And so I just kept it going. It wasn't until fast forward to 2002 that I realized it was what I wanted to do. Now, sophomore year. Sophomore year. No, 2002. That's not sophomore year. No, that is sophomore year of college. No, I know. Yes. I was about to say high school. That's for you. Right. No, that was for you. I went to college a little late. I stayed out for like a semester. Ah. Um, Yeah. But when I got to college, I went to Berkeley College of Music. So that's when I realized, yeah, I got to do this. But. I said that because, you know, when you're a child trying to figure out who you are and you have this gift, you don't know who's for you. You don't know, you know, if it's your gift that that you don't know if the gift is in the front or if you're in the front or you need to be in the front. So it was a really long journey from age 12 to age 18. Mm. And um, it wasn't until I was like 18 that I realized this is what I need to do. And I'm surrounded by some of the greatest musicians in the world that are coming to learn the same things I'm going to learn. I'm about to be a, I'm about to be a beast. So then that's one thing my mom taught me never to be intimidated by anybody, but to learn from everyone. So yeah. And yeah. Well, no, like, so that's a very key point. And so it brings me to one of my next questions. Why does music matter Mm -hmm. so much to you? Because, you know, you and I are always talking and I'm always telling you, you're just a really, really well-respected spellcaster, right? Like you cast spells. (laughs) And you just need to go ahead and just view yourself as a sorceress, but you are, and it is okay. And well, I'm kind of dressed for it today. Totally are. Kind of dressed totally for it today in my, in my, uh, yeah, but my garb. Also, right. But also, you know, just because people have a purpose or a calling doesn't mean that they always adhere to it, right? They don't always yeah. step into it. They don't stick to it. And we mistake sometimes the things that, come easily easily to us that we may be good at or even a lot of times other people will mistake it that oh they're so good at this but not realize that this person hates that very thing that they're mm-hmm. really good at it's just mm-hmm. something that they're able to do to, to buy the time so why did it matter to you so much to pursue be- well because you had other options i did i had a lot of options because that, that period between age 12 to age 18 what I didn't know, it felt like regular school and I hated it. You know, you're like, oh my God, you don't know you're being groomed. You don't know you're being polished until you get to an, uh, an elevated part of your field and you realize that you're a small fish 
in a huge pond. Mm -hmm. But instead of being discouraged and like, you know, I don't want to do this. It's like, wait a minute. For me, it was it was important because one of the reasons it was it was important was because I met so many people that were just like me. Mm. And I wasn't surrounded by a lot of people like me mm. coming up in Atlanta. So when I got to college, I met all these quote unquote nerds, these music geeks. And, I, and for years, I'm like, well, who am I? Uh, uh, trying to be popular, not understanding why I was different. And it wasn't until I got the birth, I realized who I was and that was okay. And then bringing the music aspect into it and being in it being okay to be creative and be free to be creative and to learn from your peers and, and realizing through conversations with these students and the teachers and stuff that music is the most powerful language in the world. It's the only language that everyone speaks. Mm -hmm. Everyone speaks. And it just reminded me my entire life with my musical influences, why music affected me the way it did. I never had answers to my music questions until I got to college. So once I was able to answer those questions, the importance of music was, was birthed for me. So when you say music questions, don't mean to cut you off, but when you say mm -hmm. your questions about music or for music were answered, what do you mean? Certain things like, okay, for example, <laughs> Anita Baker. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to her since when, the first time I lived in Atlanta. I remember one of my first memories. I could have been about six. I was driving with my aunt in her car and we just kept hearing a lot of Anita Baker songs. I don't know if she was playing her album or if it was the radio. I just kept hearing Anita Baker songs from the Rapture album and every song was insane. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what is this feeling that's coming over me? I can't understand it. It's like she's the only one. But I know she's not the only one doing this to me, but it's just, what is it? And it wasn't until I got to college that I could put a name to what it was. It was how the chords and her songs were moving and how she was navigating vocally through those chords. And it was, it was causing homeostasis all over my arms, my entire body. And I'm six at the time. So for years, it was still going on. I never knew what to call it. And then when they put an actual technical term on it, I was like, mm. chord progressions, progressions. Oh. So when I met her the last day at my college, before I got on a plane and came home, I met her. I gave her her flowers that day, that night. I had just sang the last song of the concert. And I had gone changed into my regular clothes and I came out and everybody was surrounding her. And I just came in. I was like, look, it's Baker. I just wanted, I just told her how I felt and what she's done for me since I was six. I was what, 21 at the time. Mm -hmm. I said, look, and I told her everything I just told you. I said, your music is like food that they say stick to your ribs. Mm -hmm. Your music has stuck to my ribs since the age of six. And one of my first memories was listening to your songs and I just want to say thank you for helping me realize the things that were happening to me, listening to your music and other types of music and having a place I can go to that would explain to me what it was and allow me to learn how to do it myself. And, you know, and she in turn gave me the greatest compliment ever from anybody that I looked up to. And it, it almost felt like that compliment didn't matter. What mattered was that I told her what she needed to know from me. You know, I was like, you know, she, she wrote, she autographed my program and said the same thing she's told me in front of everyone. But I was like, no, I, I, I get that. I just need you to know What's what been? you've done for me. And, and of course, and Michael Jackson, just his impact on the world. There's not one person on the planet that does not know a Michael Jackson song. Here's a black man from America who only speaks one language. And everyone in the world speaks his. That's bar. most the most in, I know That's <laughs> the <bar>. most influence. <laughs> he only speaks one language, and everyone in the world speaks his. Mm. So, for for him to be at one point the most influential human being, mm. let's not call it just influential black man on no, the planet. No, human. You're the most influential right. human being on the planet, and then for him to be black. You know, like, then we can add that part to it. It's like, wow, 
So right, but on a you're absolutely right on a human level, nobody else was doing it. Nobody else, nobody else was speaking that language, the same exact language. He can go anywhere, and everyone in the audience, whether they spoke any other language but American English, were singing his lyrics. Perfectly clear. That's true. So the 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 impact of music in the world, and and realizing that. I have a gift that affects people. That's when I started realizing my gift affected people was in college. Really, really, uh, you know, and, and coming up, you know, oh, you got the anointing. You did, and I'm just like, okay. So that not knowing what that is. So that actually brings me to the next question, which is, you're a woman of many hats and talents. You do so much out there in the world. <laughs> you're funny, but seriously. How does it feel to not only just be able to sing your songs, but to write for other people? And how do you navigate? But how do you shift gears between the two? And here's why I'm asking that, you know, our topic today is magnification, right? So I would think as a consumer of music, right? Mm -hmm. And to an extent, a student. Mm -hmm. That by being the person who is singing the song, whether you wrote it or not, you're making it a point to shine a light on a particular topic, a particular piece of time and space. Like you are the vessel for mm -hmm. this thing to be made manifest, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you're writing a song for someone else, and correct me if I'm wrong, it would seem that you're also writing a piece to magnify this person's place as being a vessel mm -hmm. to give birth to this particular company. Does that make sense? Through song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So through the many hats that you wear in music, where do you feel the magnification of others and of, of yourself? Like what, where does that fall in and what does that mean to you? Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to answer this correctly. <laughs> no, there's no, uh, there's no right or wrong. No, I know. I know. That's why I laugh. Uh, everyone has something to say. Everyone's message, everyone's words needs to be at least heard. Mm. And I understood as a child that I had a gift of not just being able to uh, uh, sing, but be able to articulate something, whether I went through it or not. So getting to the space where I was writing for other people, whether it's jingles or a song or anything, Getting to that point, it was, it's always, it's, it's challenging, but it's rewarding as well because it forces me to be the human that they don't have at the moment. Mm -hmm. Listening to what they want to say and then writing out how they should say it that would get to the minds of others. So I take my role as an interpreter very seriously. I take my role as a as as basically a conduit for you know someone who can't really speak the words. Mm -hmm. I take it very seriously, but at the same time, when I write for other people, I try to embody who that person is. My gift is in the front, but I'm in the back. Does that make sense? No, because absolutely. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's not that it can't be about you, but it is about me. But the song, the, the, the piece of music itself is about that person. But because this person is utilizing, utilizing me to help them, it is about me, but in the, in the way that it matters. So um, that's how I magnify it. I just think about what it, what it's going to do for others. And I'll give a little example uh, the guy I work with in, in, in Fort Lauderdale, uh, Pompano Beach, Florida, Spice King. Um, I, I write some of his jingles for him. And part of why I'm able to is because I started out as a fan of his first for years. Hmm. So, yeah, I was a fan Shout of out. his spices. Hold on real quick. Shout out to the Spice King. Right. If you got if you got, you got um Texas, if you're in Texas like me, you can get it at H E B. I know that's at Kroger. I think Jewel, where else is it? Uh it's in like a I know it's in it's quite a bit of the uh, Walmarts, but I'm not sure mm -hmm. where. But yeah, definitely Walmart, stop and shop, 
Which, which one you said in Texas? H-E-B, Kroger. Yeah. Uh, Food Lion. Mm. It's in Food mm. Lions. Uh, Kroger should be like maybe this or this month or next month. Mm. He'll be in the Kroger store. So he's he's moving. Listen, that beef so, doing our tail spice. That's the one I don't have yet. I got everything listen, but that one. Listen. I'm waiting on that one. I heard about that one. So, <laughs> no, my mom last night made some collard greens and used this spike. I was like, she said, that's the Spice King. Like, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> that's the way she oh said, like, he was a, like he was a myth. Yeah. Spice. And that, like, I didn't buy it for it. Like, I didn't get it for her. <laughs> but I had never had his collard greens seasoning yet. Mm. So I was like, oh, my God, this is the truth. But I've already been a fan of his. Mm-hmm. So when he hit me up, I was like, if you knew how much of a fan I was, like, I would be honored because this is going to be easy. I'm not just getting a check from you. Mm-hmm. I actually believe what I'm saying. So the message is going to be even clearer. And people are going to be like, oh, okay. But they're like, so how do you know about the Spice King? I was a fan. Oh, so you're, a- yes. That's why the story makes more sense and is better because I'm not just somebody out here getting a check. I believe in what I'm singing about. That's so a- hold on. You bring up that point, you know, we, you know us, we, what role does belief put, um, what role does belief play in your ability to magnify and amplify your work, either being in the forefront, like being the actual person singing and, you know, all eyes on you or the woman behind the creation? You know, you know why I'm going to say the latter? Because that's no matter if I'm in the front or the back, that's the, that's who I am. You're the vessel. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm in the front or the back, I'm the reason. And I'm the reason because this was the gift that was given to me. And having a having a mother that always instilled in me. Not not to say. Not just to say you are the best to do what you do, mm-hmm. but live your life believing that you are good at this. Mm-hmm. Don't just go by what we say. Go by how people feel and then believe that you were given a gift and that my mom still tells me you have a gift. Don't hide it. At the, my age now, she still tells me that stuff. And I'm like, okay. Because, you know, there's the part of you that just doesn't want to do anything you want to you want to be in your feelings about something, but then you're asked to sing, you know, and it's like, I don't feel like singing, but you have a gift and you have a gift that can help people. But I'm hurt. Yeah. But you might find joy in helping someone else. That's true. You know, so, so I'm the vessel behind it. So that's, that's what I magnify. And that's what I, I thank God for that. I'm the, the vehicle, you know, cause it, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about that. It's it's definitely the woman behind it. No, that's real. And I appreciate your candor with that. Mm-hmm. So that brings me into something else. What is your philosophy? Oh, do you have boy. one? That that that's honest. Uh oh, I lost you. Where you at? No, yeah, I knew this would happen. Sorry. No, People no. like to call me. <laughs> So um, such a Leo. Go ahead. Ah! <laughs> Don't start. You already you already told me what what us Leos are about. So. Sleep. Leave, leave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am about my sleep. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do I have a philosophy? It's like there's so many of them, but I don't really. If I sit here thinking all day, the whole show will be just me doing this. <laughs> trying to figure out so i can't really pinpoint one what i can say is one that kind of that kind of encompasses everything about me that i had to basically learn to accept was um i'm not who i was before Mm -hmm. i love who i am right now Mm -hmm. i can't wait to meet who i am in the future that's what's up that one is basically general for my entire life, but it, it speaks to evolution mm-hmm. and acceptance of the past, acceptance of the presence of the present and acceptance of 
the unknown. So what role does that philosophy play in the creation process? You knew where I was going. Do uh, you always go somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> what role does that play? It, well, it goes back to evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I can, I'm not afraid to say I'm good, but I'm only good because I embrace change. Mm-hmm. There was a period when I wouldn't, but when it comes to music, I always accept the fact that you got to adapt to what's happening now. Why is it easy, so why is it easier for you to do that with music and not in other areas of your life? That's be, interesting. Be, because when it came to music, I took to it real easily. I guess it was just so it was it was fun and it was easy and it was a little isolated because it was just me. Mm-hmm. In regular life, I have to deal with people and especially coming up as a child doing music, you're trying to figure out who you are. The one thing you know for a fact is that you are music. But in every other aspect, you know, you go to school and you talk to your peers and everything like that, but they don't know who you are. You barely know who you are. So a lot in a lot of ways, as an adult, I'm playing catch up. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why the, the, phrase, the phrase came um, as I was dealing with life. But I can apply it to the music as well because I have to be okay with who I was because all of it makes me who I am today and who I will become tomorrow. So, <laughs> well, you know, I do spit a little bit, you know, I sing. Oh my God. I mean, feel free to grace us with a, with a few lines if you like. Not today. No. <laughs> You refusing the mic? No, it is Black History Month. I probably should do my own. Uh, I'm Black, y'all. Peace. Yeah, that'd be cool. It is Black History Month. It's up to you. It is the. F- yeah. Uh, let's see. Mm, you don't mind? Real quick. Okay. Uh, I know you hate it. Highly overrated. The self. Nah. I'm not seeing. Now I'm effing up. We're going to have to edit this part. <laughs> No edits. <laughs> okay. I know you hate it. I know you hate it. Highly underrated, but self overrated, globally understated, and melanated. I'm going to reiterate it. Yes, I know you hate it. This is why I was created. No, you cannot make me jaded. BLACK is the greatest. That's why you imitate it, except when it's mandated. My hue are never traded. Pride never degraded. Centuries of being brought to our knees, we still made it. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got bars, son. From Jersey, son. <laughs> so was designer. <laughs> so was designer. Panda, panda, oh, panda, panda. Oh, 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 that's a private conversation for you. That's a private conversation for you. I ain't going to say what I want to say to your fans and stuff. But um, yeah, that's a private conversation. I'm going to get you later. That was hilarious. <laughs> so is designer. God, is he really from New Jersey? Supposedly, yeah. Oh, god, because he, he sounded really southern for the longest, and everybody thought he was from the south. I think he's from the east coast. I think it's Jersey. Ooh, I gotta find that out. <laughs> Nothing for wrong those with of, For those of you who are, you know. Who weren't here in the beginning? Nikki the jukebox and I go back to high school, so me, you know, poking fun at her is nothing new. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Oh you know, God. minus a few oh, expletives. Trust me, this is yes. This is trust me. This is like the not even PG. This is G rated. This is G rated teasing right now. Between it gets the, ugly between the two of us. Yes, most yes, it, it gets ugly. She's not a victim they, here, most assuredly I, not. <laughs> she is not a she's not a battered friend verbally. No, <laughs> there's no abuse here. There's not. It's, it's it's even trade. <laughs> this this is a spar, a perpetual yeah. sparring match. Okay. All right. So, oh god. But I love you. All right. So mm-hmm. um, another quick question that I have. Mm-hmm. And go here with me. Okay. Is there danger in ma- in magnification? within your craft because you have the magic of creation, right? Creation is, you know, I'm always going to talk about holding time and space in the magical realms and things of that Mm -hmm. nature. And 
of course, we want to breathe life into things and we want them to become larger and take on a, a life of their own. But is there danger in magnification? And I don't want to say of the right or the or the wrong thing, right? Because that's that that that's almost pigeonholing it. But I'm wondering if there's a, a moments where maybe less is more or maybe mm-hmm. dialing it down and not so much magnification through making it larger or bigger or more, but maybe the magnification comes in the scaling down. Does this, I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> there's definitely danger in magnification. Why? Because not everyone understands what shining your light means. So not everybody understands the importance of it. They don't understand that my light is for them to realize theirs. So they pause, pause, (laughs) pause. Say that one more time because I don't think that that the people get that either. So please say that again. Most people don't understand that me shining my light is for them to realize their light. And what happens is society will get a hold of you as a child and will make you believe that you have to be a certain way to achieve a certain greatness. Mm -hmm. But if you are a child of God, you already have greatness in you. So thank God my parents, my mom and my dad never made me feel I was inferior because of anything about myself. They always made me feel like I was great, which gave me the platform to, you know, try different things and get great at those things. So I don't necessarily agree with dumbing down or dialing down anything because my mother didn't. Um, Because I went to such a prestigious college and I came back with so much musical knowledge, people around my mother were saying to her, like, we don't know, we don't know where to put Nikki. We don't know you know, she does everything. We don't know where to put her. She would have to dumb down her thing. She would have to dumb down stuff. My mother said, I did not go broke and file for bankruptcy, sending my daughter to school for her to dumb down anything. So you have people that think like that. And then you have people who actually care about your progress that will say, keep doing what you're doing. Eventually the world will adjust to you. Facts. So I chose to follow that logic as opposed to the logic of telling me I need to dumb down something. No, my, me, me figuring out a navigational way of doing music that would touch people who are intellectual, musically intelligent and those who are just, they just like music and touch them all in the same way. That journey to figuring out how to, that, to master that, that is a part of who I am. And it took a while for me to be able to come to that happy medium where I please everybody. So you get what I mean when I say that. Like we can't please everyone, but you know what I mean. Right. Where there's a happy medium, right? Where, right. Happy where, medium. Where you're where you're satiated with the fact that you have enough people who understand where your your trajectory and where you're going and your evolution, but those who don't resonate, it's fine. Like if they are Yeah, they still allowed. like it to the right. same degree. Some may not understand and be like, oh, you're really good. And that's all they can really say. Right. I don't expect. I, I treat every compliment, every accolade like it's the very, very first time I received a compliment because everybody does not like you. Everybody's you're not everybody's cup of tea. So but back to the whole danger in magnification. It can be very, very dangerous if you don't understand your audience. You That's part of uh, when you're creating. You can be like Prince and not care who likes what you do or who doesn't. Part of me does care does not care. And a part of me does, but I also have to understand that I'm a vessel. I'm here to help people realize who they are through myself. Cause I understand that I'm not here for myself. You're here for me. I'm here for you. So I have to understand. So I'm not going to talk to you the same way I would talk to somebody else. So if you're like, Nikki, you're such an amazing blah, 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 blah. And then the other person refuses to, to say anything about me. It's, that doesn't diminish me, but that that will never stop me from shining my light. I just got to navigate this person a different way. So instead of just showing my vocal ability, let me find out who they are. I, I, I try different things. So we need to get to the core of why, not why you don't like me, but why you don't see yourself in me. 
So essentially, rather than revving up and trying to, you know, go blow for blow, it becomes a thing of, well, let me fall back and really assess the situation. That's the only fallback that makes sense to me because now we become human. And it's not an issue of, well, you're here and then I'm there, even when I do with my students. Like, it's, it's you. I'm singing in front of you and I'm nervous. Mm. You. I'm singing in front of you. I like, <laughs> first like, of all, hold on, pause. I like how you just <laughs> called me out and just told all these people that I take vocal lessons. You know what? I didn't it's, say I, I didn't say that. Oh, but you low key did, though. You ain't slick. You, you ain't slick. You ain't slick. It's cool, though. I'm just saying. Go ahead. I didn't say how long you took lessons. No, no, no. Vulnerable. Okay. <laughs> Vulnerability. We're going to go ahead and out there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. But no, but there's students that I've had that are really nervous. And I'm like, but why not utilize the fact that you're around somebody that you feel is going to criticize you, but wants you to get it right, as opposed to people that's going to criticize you because you don't get it right? Is there anything you dislike creating? In, in the creative, like in creating? In the creative space, in the creative process, when we're talking about magnification, right? Because of course you just, you were great about explaining like the dangers in what, you know, the magnification process, right? But mm-hmm. is there anything that you just outright do not like creating, that you don't enjoy creating when it comes to music for yourself um, or others? Uh, no, I can't really say. Now, the one thing I don't like doing is wasting my time mm. with that's in any process. If my thing is this, when I work with somebody else, if you don't work harder than me, I'm not going to want to work because you have to want it. My thing is I feed off of your enthusiasm about what you want to do. I can create my own enthusiasm for myself. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to do it, you start wasting my time. Forget the money. You know what I could be doing with this 30, 45 minutes? Mm-hmm. If you knew what I'd rather be doing, but you over here taking me away from watching cartoons and, and, and watching the boondocks. Not cartoons. And watching, watching Sister Sister on streaming services. You're taking that away from me because you want to sit there, oh, I don't know. And then I forget the money. You're wasting time. Because I don't have time to do this stuff. So when I carve out time to watch TV <laughs> and you want a lesson or you want you want me to do something and you're not enthusiastic about it, that's the only part of creating anything. Whether I'm mixing a song, uh, uh, recording somebody, and they're just wasting my time. That's the part that I don't like. And then I get really mean. And, you know, I had to tell my best friend, look, either can I curse? Oh, by all means. Okay, I had to tell my best friend, and you know my best friend. You went to school with her. Mm-hmm. I had to tell her, either shit or get off the pot. But I didn't say that to her because she was trying to sing. But I felt in my spirit that she wasn't trying to be a singer. She was singing because she knew she could. Mm-hmm. And it was that conversation. I found out she was crying after that and everything. I felt like crap when she told me that. But she ended up not wanting to sing. I'm like, don't waste your time. And, re- and truly, don't waste mine. Damn. We only have so much time. Hence why I said don't waste it. Hence why I said this is not a battered friendship. <laughs> <laughs> she said her best friend. Shout and out I, to the woman best friend. Her best friend. Yeah, we love you, hun. But um, we yeah, she and we're still best friends to this day. Her daughters are my niece. What? What? That's real friendship. But but, but 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 she she said she's like, look, that's when I knew Nikki does not play when it comes to music. I don't. I really don't because I understand what it is, what it's doing for people mm-hmm. and what I can do to help somebody else realize what they want to say. So if you want to <laughs> I don't want to curse with you want to around, do it with somebody else. Because on the flip side, I'm not even pay, I'm not even getting paid to do this. I know I said forget the money, but if you're not even paying me, this is back in the day. You, you got to pay me now. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, we got to put this that out way, there. This is way back in the day. I'm we got to put that out there. <laughs> talking early 20s when I was like, okay, okay, okay. No, I was on the phone with CI yesterday. I was like, we can't do that more. He said, no, can't. Everything has a price. Never. Never do free stuff. You, this is what you do now? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I know just being your friend and being a student of music, like I've said, right? But also, and you are a student of music. Thank you. That is a big compliment. You, you are. You are not a. Con- you are not a consumer. Oh, thank you. You are a student. I have conversations with you that I have with my Berkeley peers. So you are a student. I love students. Thank you. No, I mean, yeah, because consumers are mindless. Like, if you're really going to be, if you have a love affair with something, you should study it. You know, even even the people you fall in love with, I totally believe that you should be a student. It is a constant study. It's a constant study. That look, that's part of the reason why I get so many people that I read for that are calling me asking me about divorces. I'm like, well, when did you stop learning about your spouse or your partner or your significant other? Or stop other? wanting to learn about them. That part. When did you stop? When did they bec- when did they cease to be of interest? Interesting. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> because when, when you go to the core, you might find the solution. That or you may realize that you're the one who's not so interesting. Hello and good night. And maybe because you lost interest in yourself, you no longer can find anything of value or of interest of that significant other. So maybe the issue isn't them, it's you. Okay, so yeah, well, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that beautiful compliment. Really, that means a lot to hear that yes. coming from such an accomplished um, child of music such as yourself. Like, really. Thank you. Um, that I don't... I, my heart is smiling. Okay, enough. Yeah. So... Uh, but in all seriousness, um, where can people find you? Because, you know, this is not going to be your last time on here, but, yeah. you know, you know, you're she, like the greatest interviewer in the world. Uh, I swear. Thank you. And this is like one of my first ones ever. Uh, I'm like, I'm it everybody's really first tarot reading. I'm everybody's like first <laughs> medium. You were reading. my first. You didn't, no, you didn't tarot read me. You, you did, you did give I was, me. No, I just, I just did a regular like clairvoyant channeling for you. Yeah, that's what it was. And yeah. I'm yeah. everybody's first for most things. This is weird, mm-hmm. but I like being that mm-hmm. portal. But yeah, that's, it, it sets me up for other interviews. Um, uh, I'm on, I'm on just about every important social media site. I'm on Facebook under my government name. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> as i call it your government stripper name oh that's what i call hey D- dr l brock white that is my government do you stripper know name. that is do you know there is an adult film star with my first and last name this is why i have to be nikita jukebox <laughs> i can't be my government name now the funny thing is <laughs> Underneath my government name is the name Nikki the Jukebox. So I'll get to I'll get to my government name last. But you can find me on Instagram under at Nikki the Jukebox, N-I-K-K-I-D-A Jukebox. Twitter, Nikki the Jukebox, N-I-K-K-I-D-A Jukebox. I am now a monster on TikTok, meaning everybody's like, what are you doing on TikTok? And I'm like having fun i done been through a whole lot in in six months in the last six months and now it's just time to i was just telling the ci yesterday because he was like you are a celebrity on tiktok i'm like far from it but we are setting the stage because i'm in a space where things are about to come to fruition and i want people to be able to find me hey anyway. all my friends are a-listers i'll be telling y'all hey and then um this there's a, I said, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm rarely on Twitter, so do not go there. Uh, and I'm also on YouTube. Uh, it is youtube.com slash jukebox731. That is my birthday, July 31st. Jukebox731. And my Facebook, you can find me there. Most of my following is on Facebook. Thank God for the uh, acapella videos I've done in the past. It is Nicole Whitehead. Can't that is the my name. name. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If you, I'm telling you, uh, 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 she a white? young. Well, she, yes, yeah, she is, and I don't even know. She might be older than me, but when you type in Nicole Whitehead, I am not what comes up. <laughs> now, now, maybe over the years, maybe, but but I go by Nikki the Jukebox for. I've been Nikki the Jukebox since 2005. So, but Nicole Whitehead, you type the name and it's like porn. <gasps> Hey, you make it. I don't the have points, time girl. Listen, 
OnlyFans out. My love. <laughs> I love you. You are. I love you. You are not just my sister. My friend, you're my sister. I have always valued our friendship. Um, especially, you oh. know, when you have those friendships when time and space can like kind of like just create life. So you don't really get to talk to each other or see each other in forever. Right. But right. once you're able to reconnect like for real, for real, fully, it's like you never lost and time. Listen, and it's like it's the you're best. not the only one, but when it happens like that, that's when you know God is in it. That's yep. that's my there's only there's only a few other people where I'm like one of my friends I met in college and we were acquaintances mm-hmm. and then she went off overseas and then she was overseas for years and then came home like around a pandemic time and we reconnected. We haven't seen each other in over 20 years. I know we haven't seen each other, but we're like best friends through our conversations and she's in Saudi Arabia. She went back to work, but We've already made music together. We're working on business ideas. And we met in college where we were like acquaintances. So when it's it's ordained. Oh, that's another thing. Speaking of ordained, I'm also an ordained minister. Yes, if you need a minister and a song, it's all in one. (laughs) She will sing your vows and write them for you. Yeah. So so I tell people, so so what church you go to? Ah, I'm in. I, I'm an officiant. That means I can do weddings. I can do funerals. I can do uh, christenings, baby dedications. But Ben, I, I, not that I don't have a Bible. It's just you're, doing that, you're not going to catch me in nobody's church preaching anything. But m- my license says and I'm ordained. I have my credentials and everything. Forgot to mention that one last thing that I was an ordained minister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, do you have any la- closing tips or remarks or words for the um for the listeners for the people watching uh i don't want to sound cliche like stick to what it is you do and you know but stay true to yourself stay in any no matter what it is stay true to yourself uh search for what it is you're supposed to be doing and then start walking in that be true to yourself if you're doing something that's not bringing you happiness, it is high time in these, in these trying days for you to look for what it is you're supposed to be doing that brings you happiness. Because the more you look for that, the closer you come to your purpose and your passion. So make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be put on this earth to do and choose yourself. It's okay to choose yourself. And believe in yourself. And that's really all I can say. Ooh, it brings you so like a it brings you PSA. back to you. Brings you back to you. <laughs> plug. <laughs> Gotta plug the curriculum, baby. This kid is 11 oh, and it's huge. <laughs> mm. Mm. It, it is such an amazing curriculum, too. Thank so you, Matthew. Just want to put that out there. No blowing smoke. Thank you, it my is friend. real. I, I didn't want to put you I'm out in, there like I'm, that, but you know. No, 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 no. You not don't care. I'm, 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 I'm in my guard because of how I see myself now. You know, I wasn't seeing myself the way I needed to. Now I'm starting to see myself this way, and I have to I have you to thank for that. You are definitely one of the reasons why I'm able to see myself for the queen that I am. Nicole has been so gracious as to be. Um, to entrust me with a huge part of her spiritual journey. Um, so mm-hmm. I have been her teacher and mentor with the back to you curriculum. And mm-hmm. um, it has been a true honor and pleasure to watch her blossom literally in the short amount of time that we have been working together. We're not even, we're about halfway through the curriculum. Almost. And we had a little setback the last two weeks. <laughs> we're going to get back on track. Listen, life happens. Life happens. And we, and we add that to the curriculum and we keep it moving. Definitely. But the, the cooler thing about this curriculum is that one thing I like about our dynamic as friends and as coach and student on both our ends is that we don't let we, we don't let our friendship get in the way. of what needs to be done. We've been friends over 20 years. And when it's time for me to get my lesson, I become that student and I let her do her thing. And 
she you know there are times I say, well, I did this and, this, and she's like, look at you, look at you doing what you're supposed to do. And I say, like, I'm taking it seriously because I believe in what you're doing. And I could tell when I, when I'm helping her and I notice, I'm like, okay, she's really listening to me. This is what happens when people actually listen, you get results. When you do the work. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, Leo be fine if I skip this week. No, if I can't do it this week, look, girl, this is what's happening Mm -hmm. this week. And I won't be able to do it this week because blah, blah, blah. I'm not scared to tell you that I can't do something. And you better not be scared. Well, you are never scared to tell me what the heck is going on. No. So, you know, but this is, we have to let life be what it is, even though we're in control. It's just, hey, this is something we got to deal with. But it's, it's fun. This whole journey is fun. This back to you journey is hilariously fun because I learn, I laugh at myself more. It's like, wait a minute. You are a weirdo, for real. Why did you understand that? Duh. <laughs> it's hilarious. And I, I, I would tell anybody about this program that you should do it. It is definitely worth it if you want to know who you are. That part. If but you want to know who you are. I know that we're supposed to be getting off, but I do have to mention one last thing. I'm making- <gasps> <laughs> You mentioned this in terms of what you appreciate about our dynamic in terms of us essentially coaching and teaching one another, right? Mm-hmm. What I value is that we both respect one another's crafts, that we are teaching one another from, it's pretty much two sides of the same coin. But more importantly, because we have the respect for one another as individuals, but also as business women, we don't allow a lack of accountability to ever creep into the situation. And I say that because far too often friends go into business together or they come together for a joint project or anything, right? And they forget that you have to respect the accountability that comes with approaching any task to that when you're coming together with someone that you're familiar with just because mm-hmm. I'm familiar with you doesn't mean that I should minimize or devalue what you're bringing to the table by not respecting your time your energy or anything else mm-hmm. and far, yeah. and far too often I find I I have found that that has been a, a a barrier to entry or moving forward with other people is because, oh, well, you know, I can push you to the back burner because we're cool. Well, no, you're not the only person on my fucking schedule. Right. You're not the only thing that I have to do, right? This is, I'm, I'm bring I'm wanting to work with you to bring this to fruition. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the other thing is like, how would you want somebody to treat you? That's really what it comes down to. How would you want somebody to take you seriously? So just take them seriously. You know, not just my mom, but my aunt, uh, my mother's younger sister taught me that too. When I ended up moving into my own place, I ended up moving into her house and I basically paid rent there. And she, my aunt was not playing. She had me and the person that she had move in, sign contracts and everything. Now, the what's crazy was my aunt anticipated me being the one, the slouch, the one that not being able to pay on time and this than the other. But I was the one that was paying on time. I was the one making sure the lights weren't on at night. And, you know, and it was the roommate that was the irresponsible one. And I remember my mother telling me, yeah, uh, your aunt was saying, like, I would expect Nikki to be the one. This was like 10 years ago. Right. I would expect Nikki to be the one acting like this because that's my niece. And, you know, I'm going to take, I'll make sure she does. But Nikki's doing everything she's supposed to do. And you know why? I don't play because I know her. Mm-hmm. I know my aunt doesn't play. So why would I play with her? I know Leah does not play. I know Dr. L does not play. I know Chosen Eyes does not play. So why would I play with her? You know, I don't play when it comes to music. Why would you play with me? Most assuredly. But, you so, know, you know, it yeah. goes back to something my, my spouse told me. People will only take you as seriously as you take yourself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means you magnify yourself and you cut them the fuck off. That yep. being said, <laughs> real this time, my love, I, I love you. I appreciate you. I, I love you too. I think thank you for having space. me. Thank you for being yes. here. 
Yes, ma'am. Y'all can find her on all the things: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter-ish, uh, TikTok. Um, I'm a fool on TikTok. So you want to see the goofy me, the silly me? TikTok is where it's at. You want to see the more intellectual me? Go on Facebook, and Instagram. It's whatever. in the middle. <laughs> it's in the middle. But you will definitely find her here multiple times because she will be voluntold <laughs> to come back all the time. Voluntold. <laughs> All right, y'all. In closing, thank you very much for all of your time and for holding space with us. This has definitely been Speak Easy with Chosen Eyes and our special guest, Nikki the Jukebox. Until then, keep your gazes forward. Stay cool on this side of the multiverse. So I'm pretty sure you all understand why I led with the verbal spritzer today being laughter and why it's important because the two of us together cannot stop laughing. She is hysterical. This is the reason why we are friends. But more importantly, I appreciate everything that she has brought to my world and I sincerely hope that she has brought the same amount to you. Here's a few things in closing. My love notes to you. One, make sure that you take at least 50 deep breaths every day. I know, sounds like a lot, but we breathe all the time. Make sure you get 50 good ones in just for you. Make time for your mind to wander. I know, sounds crazy, and everybody that I know that practices meditation feels like that's not what you're supposed to do, but you know what? We try to put our minds on a leash every day. Take the leash off and let it roam and play. You might be surprised what you find out. And also, make sure you're drinking some water and hydrating. A good friend of mine, the Barefoot Empress, aka a team of man, lovey sis, always reminds me to do this and I want to share that knowledge with you as well. Shout outs to her and her work. Lastly, but probably most importantly, make sure you create something and feed your soul today. Creation is a never ending process. And even if that's creating a new dish that you want to eat, creating a new look for yourself, buying a new throw pillow, hell, purging your house and getting rid of some new, some old shit and bringing in some new things. Find a way to feed your soul that day, even if it's just closing your eyes and taking a nap. Thanks for stopping by the speakeasy or speak easy, I should say. Keep your gazes forward and thanks again. I'll see y'all next week where I'll be talking a little bit more about, well, the V word. And no, it's not the JJ, you pervs. <laughs> Take care. Speak easy, y'all. program was brought to you by On Purpose Recordings. Created and produced by Chris Blunt. Mixed and edited by Joff Gibbs.